Today on Locked on Dolphins, we are winding back the clocks to 2019 to look at the defensive side of the ball and compare where the Dolphins are now to where this journey really began on the pathway to contention. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Friday, June 16th, 2023. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with any purchase. We are winding back the clocks today. Whether you are an everydayer or you are a first time engager with the show, I want to thank you and, and for checking in with this community and we're going to wind back the clocks. We did this on the offensive side of the ball yesterday, but we're going to do it on the defensive side of the ball today. And the whole objective is to look at from step one, square one, to now, what the evolution of this roster looks like and how much, try to quantify as best as we can, how much better this roster actually truly is from the 2019 group. Now, there's lots of storylines that go into each one of those personnel decisions, of course. But 2019 is the launch point for me. You've had some members of the hierarchy of brain trust for the Dolphins football operations that are brand new, Vic Fangio. You have some faces who are entering into their second year, and Mike McDaniel. You have some, and Chris Greer, who have been with this organization for 20 years in various roles in uh, ascending levels of power and responsibility. And he's been the general manager of the team since 2016. But that 16 through 18 era uh, is, is very difficult for me to lump in amongst this journey that Dolphins have currently been on for these past few years because they had a totally different hierarchy and structure in football operations. And they had an executive vice president of football operations in Mike Tannenbaum, who was very much involved in Chris Cruz in some ways worked with, some cases worked next to, some cases worked across from, some cases worked under... Uh, so when Miami streamlined the football operations in 2019 and they transition away from their leading tackler and their leading sack artist and their leading receiver and their leading rusher and their leading offensive lineman and their leading passer all in one offseason, and really committed to starting to build something from the ground up for a better future. That is where, what I consider to be ground zero and step one for the Dolphins. So today on the show, we are looking at the defensive side of the ball. We did the offensive side of the ball yesterday. Today, looking at the defensive side, and what I have is a means to quantify the caliber of the players on the roster. And we have done this uh, with Locked on NFL Scouting, Joe Marino, myself, for the past two years now. And I have retroactively graded that opening day Dolphins 2019 roster to put through the same scoring and uh, tiering of players 
that we did for the 2020 season and we're doing for the 2023 season. So you have 64 uh, bullet points of data points for total qualities of rosters, right? And that is uh, all of the teams in the NFL, 32 of them for last year and this year, plus the 19 Dolphins. And what's really neat is to be able to hold up the caliber of players that were there versus what we have and then you can look at each individual position room and see how many points they allocate in this kind of system. And it shows you effectively where it ranks across each of the last two years worth of all the rosters across the entire NFL. So if you're with us on YouTube, uh, I do have this up to share. It's the defensive line. And there is no greater area of dramatic improvement there is no greater improvement level on this roster than looking at the 2019 roster and what it was at that point in time versus what we see now. The Dolphins have three cornerstone players on their defensive line and another quality starter. Christian Wilkins, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, those are cornerstone players. Zach Sealer is a quality starter. And you have Emmanuel Agba as an adequate level starter. A defensive end, and you have Malik Reed, Andrew Van Ginkle, Raquan Davis, as guys that I think are, are niche specific players and quality depth. The Dolphins in 2019, their defensive line on the f- the opening day 53 was Wilkins as a rookie. We had no information on how good or not good he was going to be as a player. Devon Godshell as an adequate level starter, as a low impact a gap defender. Rookie Jonathan Ledbetter, defensive tackle Vincent Taylor, who at that time was a day three pick for Miami at Oklahoma State. You consider him to be quality depth. He spent his last few years in the NFL pinballing and bouncing around after not sticking with Miami. And then on the edge, Charles Harris, who at the time was perceived to be a first-round bust. He's probably quality depth right now for Detroit. He had one successful season in 2021. Certainly did not live up to the 22nd overall pick in the NFL draft in 2017. Uh, Avery Moss, who was a day three pick out of Youngstown State. Nate Orchard, a day two pick out of Utah and a UDFA in Trent Harris. So just think about the names again one more time for me. Wilkins, Godshall, Ledbetter, Taylor, Charles Harris, Avery Moss, Nate Orchard, Trent Harris. That is the entire defensive line for the 2019 Dolphins. That group is dead last. If you compared that group and put it through the scoring paces with putting those players in buckets, and you had three rookies, two replacement-level players, one adequate-level starter, an incomplete evaluation, and one quality depth player, that is dead last in comparison to the last two years' worth of defensive lines in the NFL. Miami's group of Wilkins, Sealer, Davis, Chubb, Phillips, Agba, Malik Reed, Andrew Van Ginkle, and Josiah Bronson right now, bless you, you're, you're making this projection as an interior defensive lineman. I don't think it's going to be you when it's all said and done. The scoring of those players... And this was not just my opinion. Joe Marino went through this same exercise on Lockdown NFL Scouting. He graded this Dolphins roster, and he graded this defensive line to this standard, too. It's the highest graded defensive line across the last two years in this ideology. And I acknowledge this ideology is 
not a foolproof way of quantifying the caliber of players, right? You understand that there's, there's biases and everything, and I get that. You went from worst to first in four years on the defensive line. That's a job well done. And what's fun, Wilkins, you drafted him. Sealer, he was a waiver wire pickup. Raquan Davis, you drafted him. Bradley Chubb, you traded for him. Jalen Phillips, you drafted him. Emmanuel Ogba, you signed him in free agency. Malik Reed, you signed him in free agency. Andrew Van Giggle, you drafted him. And you drafted these guys in the first round, in the third round, in the first round, in the fifth round. You've had success. You've had some hits here in this defensive line, which is really cool to see. Obviously, there's a balance to everything that you do, right? But as I think about the Dolphins roster and and looking at that defensive line that you started with, and obviously Christian Wilkins was a first-round pick who was on the roster, but you didn't know what you were getting, and then you foil that to bringing Taco Charlton midway through the year and what he did and did not give you as a former first-round pick. Really impressive to see the growth on the defensive line. It is the greatest area of improvement for this Dolphins roster from 2019 to today. And the Dolphins are in a position now where they have a loaded group up front, and it has the chance to help serve as one of the identities of this team. We're going to go to linebackers next here on Locked on Dolphins. But before we do, now is a perfect time to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs, the shorts that change the game. I am a big-time shorts guy. Sky's out, thighs out. Um, but I typically go for gym shorts. I, like, I dress for comfort right? Uh, But Bird Dogs found a way to create stretch khaki shorts designed to have a slimmer fit through the thigh that gives your leg a truly sculpted look without suffocating you with this rigid, stuffy, thick, inflexible material. Bird Dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches to give you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement and uses anti-stick sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long so you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl right now and you get you get a free yeti style tumbler with your order so if you want to go out on a date you want to look nice you want to go to the beach you want to go to the boardwalk you want to go uh do whatever and you want to make sure that you're ready for pictures and you look nice you got to look good to play good right Bird Dogs is the life hack here to get you in and make sure you are dressed to the nines, but you're not sacrificing that in the way of comfort. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and you get a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off once you get them. I guarantee that. The linebacker group for the 2019 Miami Dolphins was a group that comes with an asterisk uh, because the Dolphins made a conscious decision to part ways with Kiko Alonso. Um, This was a player who was a tenured player in Miami. He came as part of the uh, Byron Maxwell trade down in 2016 in which the Eagles went up to go get Carson Wentz. But even without Kiko Alonso, what you had at that time and stage and chapter for the Dolphins, you had a second-year player in Jerome Baker. You had a second-year player in Raekwon McMillan. You had Andrew Van Ginkle, Dion Lacey, Sam Egwavon. <laughs> so Kiko Alonso was here to start 
if you remove him from the equation, you have two incomplete evaluations. You have two rookie linebackers. And you have a practice squad developmental type player in Deion Lacey. This linebacker group with Andrew Van, or excuse me, with Kiko Alonso grades respectably well because there's a lot of teams that are out here these days across the last two seasons. Remember that the 2019 Dolphins are not being compared to other teams in 2019 in this exercise. They're being compared to teams back in or the last two years. There are a lot of teams over the last two years that just quite frankly feel like they could care less about their linebacker rooms in general. So having Kiko Alonso as an adequate level starter as a midst of that group alongside Jerome Baker, who flashed quite a bit as a rookie, you felt like he was going to be a positive contributor for you as a day two pick. Raquan McMillan went down his rookie season on special teams on the first snap of the first preseason game. So you didn't really know what you had there. You had no idea what you had in Andrew Van Ginkle. Egovan was a CFL ad. That might feel like an underwhelming group, but compare it with what, say, the Philadelphia Eagles have this year. How's this on for size? N'Kobe Dean, second-year, third-round picket linebacker, did not play his rookie season in any capacity last year. Nicholas Moreau, who's a replacement-level player, Sean Bradley, who's a replacement-level player, and Davion Taylor, who you would qualify as a replacement-level player, as a, like a fourth-year player out of Colorado and a third-round pick, but he didn't play last year, so you kind of give him the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, it's still an incomplete evaluation. Eagles have a couple of replacement-level players here and nothing else, and a couple of incomplete evaluations and replacement-level players. Uh, the Dolphins' incomplete evaluations and rookies kind of the same world that they were living in. So not necessarily an overwhelmingly poor scoring group at linebacker, but when you foil it with what the team has right now, David Long, who's a quality starter when he's available, Jerome Baker has evolved into, uh, I think there was a, some hope that maybe you would get him to be a quality starter. I don't think we've came to that world in reality just yet. I would say he is probably in... Um, an adequate level starter right now. Duke Riley, I think, is quality depth. That scores better than what the Dolphins had minus Kiko Alonso from the, 30, the, the 2019 group. And then Channing Tindall is an incomplete evaluation who's kind of coming in uh, as a mystery bag for the Dolphins. This unit as well improved. If you scored it against the linebacker rooms across the NFL the last two years, this year's Dolphins linebacker room ranks 17th out of 65. Pretty, pretty respectable grading with David Long and Jerome Baker. Now, the depth of that group will be tested if these guys deal with injuries, of course. But right now, we're living in a world where these guys are all available. We're going to finish with the secondary here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, and I think this is where this conversation does get a little interesting because the Dolphins, in spite of the rebuilding effort that they have put out, uh, actually have a number of... Uh, players on that 2019 group, this this was the strength of that Dolphins defense back in 2019. And you can kind of chuckle in the thought that they had a, a strength with anything and going 5-11 and 11 and winning, uh, giving up 100 points in their first two football games and all that. But I do believe there are some players that, that were um, assets to this team. And it's fun to compare that group to what this group looks like 
in the here and now, and that's what we're going to do next here on Locked on Dolphins. I will make sure for those of you who are following on the YouTube channel, again, you can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I have the defensive group now up on the secondary. And one thing that is in common between the 2019 group and the 2023 group is you do have a cornerstone player. At the time in 2019, it was Xavier Howard coming off of a season in which he had seven interceptions. He would go on and only play five games in this season. But then you also had Eric Rowe, who I think was a quality starter, uh, went on to find some success as uh, a defensive back for the Dolphins and moved around to a couple different spots, be that nickel or elsewhere going back to safety a little later in his career. You had a gaggle of rookies and not highly coveted rookies. You had an incomplete evaluation player in Cordrea Tankersley, who was a day-two pick out of Clemson from a few years prior and never really got healthy and was able to play. And then I think even at that stage in his career, Rashad Jones in 2019 was a quality starter. He only played in a handful of games himself. He kind of, the, the writing on the wall, you knew that they were going to end up going in a different direction. But with his contract, they never really justified uh, finding a transition point to get him completely off the roster. So he was here. You had Minka Fitzpatrick as a first-round pick from the previous year, an incomplete evaluation. You would probably grade him off of that rookie season as a adequate starter, maybe a quality starter. Bobby McCain transitioning from nickel to safety, adequate level starter. And then Walt Akins uh, as a big-time special teams guy at safety as well. So there was some redeeming assets in this secondary going back to 2019. I think Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Rashad Jones, Mika Fitzpatrick, and Bobby McCain uh, is a very, very, very respectable group of five. Of course, the Dolphins didn't see that on the field all that much because Minka Fitzpatrick was traded after the second game. Rashad Jones only played, I think, in four games that season. Xavier Howard played in five games that season. And lo and behold, Bobby McCain was a, a strong contributor for you. Eric Rowe became a strong contributor for you. Some of these UDFA guys, they, they went into this season and continued to pull guys off the street and have them playing in games a week later. But in spite of the, the attrition in that group, it still scores respectably well. You take the 2019 group at maximum strength before you move on from Minka Fitzpatrick, and it's, it's like a top 25 out of 65 uh, versus the last two years, that secondary. There's some reasonable talent there, which makes sense with Brian Flores and how he wanted to play a defense, and you knew you needed big-time players who were capable of, of making impact plays on the back end and not afraid of living on an island. But then you compare it to what we have now. Jalen Ramsey, roster cornerstone. Xavier Howard at this stage in his career, more of a quality starter. We'll see if him not having to play through two groin injuries allows him to be a better version of himself, in which case I think you have a very strong case that he could be a cornerstone once again. Cater Kohu is a second-year player. I'd put a quality starter tag on him for what he gave the Dolphins last year. Cam Smith is a rookie, but a second-round pick. Nick Needham's a well-tenured and established NFL player. And then in safety, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Deshaun Elliott. This is loaded. This is a loaded group. And between last year, this year, and the 2019 Dolphins, 65 bullet points, this year's Dolphins secondary, from a talent perspective, 
grades as the second best across the last two years. This is a big-time unit. So on the defensive side of the ball, remember, you brought in Vic Fangio. And on your defensive line, between your edge group and your defensive tackles, acknowledging the lack of depth at nose tackle, just taking the top three or four players from each of these positions, the Dolphins have the highest-ranked defensive line in the last two years in this exercise versus a group that was dead last in 2019. And then they had a, a modestly ambitious group in 2019. And in four years, that has turned into the second best secondary in this grading exercise in just a four-year window as well. You have two top two units on your defense in a four-year window. And the linebackers have stabilized and you have more of a ceiling with David Long than probably a lot of teams would be willing to invest and spend dollars in. And the Dolphins didn't break the bank to achieve that. That, for me, was really the inspiration of doing this entire exercise, was looking at the defensive side of the ball, looking at what the Dolphins have brought in, looking at the strength of this team and seeing how it stacks versus the last two years. It is a startling contrast, and it is a great source of enthusiasm and optimism for this Dolphins team for 2023 to be able to boast that kind of talent on the defensive side of the football because it was not like that. And the Dolphins have come a very long way since that 2019 roster that was an island of misfit toys. And that is why you pull the draft capital that you do. It's why you flush the bad contracts out of the system in the way that you do. And it really highlights how this team has positioned itself to contend and how they choose to evolve from here they have flexibility. They have a lot of players to make decisions on, and they will make those decisions in due time. But I would not be surprised to see a lot of this information be collected throughout the course of this season before more than a handful of big-time decisions on long-term outlooks are made so the Dolphins can continue to pivot, adjust, and look, Chris Greer and bat a 1,000. Nobody does. If you hit 450, you're probably hitting above average at the NFL level. But to stack the Dolphins' rosters and to understand, it, let's not wring our hands over the spilled milk. Let's not wring our hands over the missed opportunities. When you look at, all you can do is continue to move forward and try to evolve, take new information as you get it, and put the best roster together that you possibly can. The Dolphins, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, have assembled an elite unit on the back end and up front. And they have a talented couple of linebackers to play and complement that on the second level as well. So really fun to kind of look across this Dolphins depth chart and see just how many rookies and replacement level players and incomplete evaluations they had in 2019 and how that has evolved into cornerstones and quality starters just four years later. That is going to do it for me here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Hope you guys appreciated this conversation on the 2019 Dolphins versus today. I'm Kyle Krabs. Keep it locked in. Shout out to our everydayers. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. Make it a great weekend. I'll be back again on Monday. Fins up.